Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Good evening, I'm Jenny, your announcer, with you on BBC One this evening. We're sailing in Sydney at the Invictus Games in half an hour, but first, one for the mums. The following podcast is a member of the Great Big Owl family. Game of Thrones. The Walking Dead. Westworld. No, that's the West Wing. West, Westworld. There have been many podcasts which seek to analyse the complexities, the depth, the plot lines, the hidden story arcs, the beauty of these productions. Quite simply, the world doesn't need another one, which is why we're applying that level of discussion to the bottom of the televisual barrel and scraping it with a weekly celebration of The One Show. Ghosties and ghoulies and long-legged beasties and things that go bump in the night. That's right, it's the week of Halloween, All Hallows' Eve, of course, when in the words of the noted moonwalking paedophile Michael Jackson, darkness falls across the land, the seven o'clock on BBC One on a weekday hour is close at hand, creatures crawl in search of blood. Probably in a short film presented by Matt Allwright or Giles Brandreth. But whosoever shall be found without the soul for getting down must stand and face the hounds of hell and rot inside Angelica Bell, who sometimes presents the one show. Welcome! It's the effort into that. Did you that know? is the best yeah, intro. Thanks, thanks, that only you've ever done that I've ever heard. <laughs> It's the The One Show Show podcast, where we feast upon the entrails of TV's flagship magazine show. I am uh, ooh, John Holmes, and this week on The One Show, a dog fails to recognise a man, a farmer leans on a gate because of Brexit, and Paloma Faith explains lemon drizzle cake. Joining me to celebrate all of that and less fewer is regular The The One Show showgun, Mark Haynes, uh, he's a man, and a welcome return for the host of the Smirch Pod podcast, also man, John Rain. Welcome, everybody. Welcome. Welcome. Yay. 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 I mean, the, the introduction sort of petered out after the first bit, didn't it? If oh, honest, but, but you know, know. The, the first bit was so good. We're I think not coming you, back from that. Yeah, you've, you've earned yourself a free pass there. <laughs> yeah. We can just spend the next hour dicking about <laughs> for a change. Can we change the Wikipedia of Michael Jackson's V Moonwalk and Peter <laughs> We do that now. Moonwalking think- Pedophile is a bold album title choice. <laughs> it was the title of the one before he sadly died. I believe that was it. Uh, let's, before we start this week, we need to mention what I think was this podcast's mention in the Radio Times. Mm. But not by name. <laughs> just, just from an interview with Alex Jones. Now, this was pointed out on Twitter, and I wish I'd written down the person. Did you write down whoever tweeted oh, it? Oh, no. Damn it. <laughs> Person who tweeted it, and I have forgotten, one of our regulars anyway, yeah. tweeted that the, the Alex Jones had referenced some comedians having a go at the one show yeah. in a loving and loving, loving way. Which made me think it might not be about us. <laughs> <laughs> she we was keep emphasising that we do love it, really. Well, we, do you know what? The horrible thing is, I feel like it's Stockholm Syndrome, yeah. where the more we've watched it, 
you begin sort of going, this isn't just weird and bad. You occasionally go, oh, sometimes they're all right. Yeah. And this is not a healthy way to be. None of this <laughs> is good. She mentioned specifically, you get these comedians and in a loving and lovely way. They sort of say, and what are we doing next? Do you go into a VT about badgers? <laughs> and I would love to think that Alex is, I mean, probably three weeks away from appearing on this. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. would love that. Alex, you're welcome anytime. It is, I keep going back to the Blue Peter thing you keep mentioning, though. The more I see of the one show, the more I realise it is Blue Peter. Mm, 100%. But without Mark Curry crashing a steam train yeah. into a set. <laughs> Although he was on it last week, as we he talked was. about, of course. Yeah, touching a, a breast. <laughs> yeah, that's right. It was, a, it was the one show's Me Too moment, wasn't it? it was a, if you haven't heard that podcast yet, it's last week's with Alex Zane. I actually find it quite passive-aggressive to own the stuff that is criticising your show. You sort of go, I really like it. I'm a big fan. Yeah. I think we're, obviously, we're letting ourselves down. We need to go in much harder. We need to be much more unfair. Yeah. We need to be much more brutal. Well, it was easy this week because Ray Aduba was on. <laughs> <laughs> Who wants to run with that? I mean, this was very much the B-team week. Uh, Matt is off, I guess, preparing for his rickshaw challenge. Yeah. I think that's what he's doing. And Alex has got the cushiest gig there is. She's gone to Sydney for the Invictus Games. Yeah. And the uh, in Monday's episode, she sent back a postcard from the Invictus Games. So I presume she's gone there for the one show. Yeah, it it's like, in Australia, isn't it? Yeah. Yes. I, Thirty you, seconds work she did for that. Oh, I, I, and then the second one was again forty-five seconds. Yeah. There must be a couple of Welshies in the squad, though. Yeah, there are. There's two, in fact. See, I knew it. You just couldn't do without the team. There was a bit right at the end of it, of one of them, where someone who's the... He's a regular contributor to the one show. I don't know his name, but he is in a wheelchair. And he was there at the Invictus Games. It's sort of like the Paralympics, isn't it? It's, yeah, it's, yeah, it's, a, it's X-Forces and stuff. Yeah. Isn't it? yeah. Got, yes. I do think it's strange, in this day and age, the BBC don't have it covered by people who are in a similar situation. I don't know why you need to send Alex Jones out to do the Invictus Games. This seems like a, a, a tailor-made thing to say, let's have people who have been in this situation yeah. who can understand it and let's get them on TV, on primetime TV, yeah. on a regular basis. And instead, they send Alex. Yeah, for 30 seconds work. Wednesday, she did a, she did a piece about Murderball, which is wheelchair rugby. Really good documentary called Murderball. Came out about 10 yeah. years ago. And Murderball wheelchair rugby is one of the world's toughest games. It is just clattering wheelchairs it, it looks like there's no rules it looks like all in wrestling in wheelchairs <laughs> and at the end of it the chap who does the one show who's in the wheelchair said alex i've got a game of this set up for you a bit later on and alex just went well thing is i've got a show at 7 30 <laughs> normally that would lead to a bit with her then doing it because oh she tried to get out of it but she couldn't yeah but it ended because she went, I've got a show at 7.30. And he was like, oh, well, fucking that didn't work. <laughs> well, I mean, exhausted watching it. I've got a game set up for you later on, if I fancy it. Um, the thing with that, Steve, is, you know, I mean, I've got a show at 7.30. Great offer. Nice to see you. See you later. Oh. Classic Jones. <laughs> Her pieces reminded me, do you remember Fraggle Rock? Do you remember Uncle Travelling Matt, who would send these little postcards from civilization, <laughs> And they'd only be like a minute long. Like, I saw today giant people posting letters in a weird red mouth. That's effectively what she's doing from Australia. <laughs> did we see Marty McCutcheon? Oh, oh, did we ever. I mean, this was on Monday's episode. All they seemed... This is Aurea Duba, so as we said, he's doing it with Angela Griffin, this was. And all they seemed to spend time doing was insulting Martin McCutcheon was, and reminding yeah. her of her failures throughout her life. This was the worst opening I've ever seen. Yeah. Mm. So rude. They literally so went, they, they, they went through her. They just opened with a list of failures, didn't they? They said, oh, well, she, um, she was nominated for Best Soap Exit. She lost that. For, and I was, before, before I realised what was going on, I was going, what the hell is Best Soap Exit doing as a category in any <laughs> fucking awards? Um, but then the graphics came up in the wrong order to how they were reading them out. Did you notice no, that? I no, didn't. I didn't so, notice so, that. So they went, best soap exit. So a little graphic came up with a little, um, I don't know, a trophy or something. But it said on it, uh, best pop act. Oh. And then as they said, she didn't win, it shattered into yes. bits in front of her. <laughs> and, then, and then they went, and, and she also was up for best pop act at the Brits. Up came the best soap exit one. <laughs> shattered into, like her dreams, it just shattered into bits. And they just, they just sort of said... You failed at all this, didn't you? So, normally, this is where we tell you all about the awards our guests has won, but, in the spirit of the plucky loser, let's focus on the ones that she didn't. Yeah. <laughs> Why not? 
1999, she was up for Best Exit in the Soap Awards, having been run over by Frank Butcher on Albert Square, but got pipped to the post by Kim Tate leaving Emmerdale in a helicopter. I mean, every time. And then in 2000, she was up for Best Pop Act at the Brits, but narrowly missed out to Boy Band 5. Guess it wasn't a perfect moment. Laughter. Anything. Laughter. Anything. Anything. Thank you. Anything. Please welcome Martin McCutcheon. <laughs> Do you, know, do you know what? Well done to Martin McCutcheon. Yes. Yeah. For laughing, for going, ah, ha, 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 ha. Because I would have spat in Oreo Duba's face and I'd have thrown that fucking sofa through the window onto the forecourt. I absolutely would have sat there. I was amazed by Martin McCutcheon's ability to take that on but the chin. But kept going. Oh, yeah. and they were out on So they showed a big, they showed a clip of her in a band. Yeah. She was in a girl band Milan. called Milan. Milan. Who once supported? You once supported East Seventeen, right? Great. And here's a clip of it. You know, here's Martine. Look at you, right, 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 seventeen. Let or me something. tell you, if you're a dad of a certain age, that's a clip you'll want to watch back. <laughs> Martine McCutcheon, the fittest woman on earth. <laughs> All right, Michael Jackson. Uh, right. Uh, by the way, if I was her, I'd have said, "Look, I was sick in Mick Hugnall's dreadnoughts. <laughs> have some respect." Yeah, well, I'm surprised they didn't bring that up. I yeah. was waiting for the taxi ride with Hugnall, <laughs> where she vomited into his ginger predator style. Yeah, Head. that would have seemed in this show like a positive thing to mm. say about Martin. Yeah, but she did also say in her defence that she'd recently raced a load of five-year-olds and lost. <laughs> did she? <laughs> she lost to a five-year-old in a sort of mother-child race, oh. and they were like, "Hey, well done, Martin. Well done." My, sorry, my handbrake turn of the week sort of came around here, I uh-huh. think, because mm. there was a again they talked about her failures again. Uh, with Milan and you know and your band your band fizzled out they said your band just fizzled didn't do anything did it Milan weren't successful and the one story she told about being in Milan was when they supported E17 and she said a load of girls in the in the sort of crowd were so sure that Milan was sleeping with their heroes E17 that they spent the whole gig snapping polo mints in half and chucking them at the band. And the reason they, they snapped them in half was so they had twice as many projectiles <laughs> than if they'd thrown the whole one. <laughs> it was such a negative time. Yeah. Oh. And they dredged it all up. And then they, they, did, they went from talking to her about failure and about what she hadn't achieved. Bear in mind she's sitting on the sofa to plug a straight-to-DVD film yeah. that yeah. she's in. But they said, ha, 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 yeah, and you failed at that and that and that. And then they... They turned to camera and then went, time now for a real winner. <laughs> Martin Bashir has, has been, been to meet someone who's about to be recognised for the difference she's made to the lives of dozens of children. Time now for a real winner, Martin. They did, Not you, you they polo mint flavoured witch. <laughs> they, did, they did the same thing when they threw to the UB40 video oh. where they said, yes, well, yes. M- Milan may have fizzled out, yeah. but one band who didn't and are still going strong are UB40. Every <laughs> Single. I, I don't know if Martine had a failed relationship with one of the senior producers on the one show, mm. but watching this show, that's the only thing I can imagine. It felt happened. like it, didn't it? I felt Awful. for it. I really, yeah. I really felt And for she it. sat there with her beautiful face, a million kilowatt smile, yeah. like a pro, yeah. mm. like an absolute but I, pro. I have always felt a bit sorry for Martine McCutcheon, right? Because she was cute. I mean, she was in Love Actually, yeah. which mm. is shit, but mm. she was in it, and that's a Hollywood proper film. And then it sort of didn't happen. Then uh, yeah, I'm surprised they didn't go, you were in Love Actually, weren't you? What, what, the, what happened then? Yeah. What happened, Martine? Then you were, last, ne- next thing I saw, you were advertising yogurts on the telly. <laughs> what happened? Every time I see Martine McCutcheon on TV, I love her a little bit more. Everything she's in, she's great in. Hang your heads in shame. I agree. And I've worked with Martine. Team McCutcheon, right? And she's absolutely lovely. What did you work with her on? (laughs) So, years ago, I used to work in theatre doing sound and lighting. So this is going back to about 1994, 5? Oh, peak McCutcheon years. Oh, yeah. Well, she she was in EastEnders. And and she was in Panto. And I was doing the sound. So, you know, I got to know her quite well. Because, you know, that's that part of the job. Uh, And she was absolutely lovely. Did she play Buttons? She didn't play Buttons. What was she in? Was she Cinderella? Probably. Oh, that's that was an interesting one as well because they did that film about UB40 oh, in God. this episode. Yeah, of course from Birmingham. Yeah. Then they they tried to get it back on track when they came back off that film by saying to Martin, "Oh, you're uh, you're be spending time in Birmingham, aren't you, Martin?" And the answer, because I thought, "Oh, she's in Panto in Birmingham." No, it's just one day on a yeah. tour. Yeah, yeah, she's doing uh, the Elf musical yeah. with David Essex. Yeah. Ah, oh, man, this is not how Martin's career should have panned out. No. The UB40 video. Oh, yeah, let's talk about that. John, John, what did you make of it? I just kept thinking at one point, they're all on a bus, right? There's a moment where it's Andy Kershaw, isn't it? Mm. Yeah. And Ali Campbell. 
doing white man reggae yeah. with, with the, what's his name? Turbo, whatever his name is, from UB40. Astral. Astral. I was going to say Lasterplast. <laughs> he was sat there being like, yeah, this is great, lads. I was thinking at that point, if that bus drove off a cliff, would anyone mind? So you get infected by reggae music, you know what I mean? Do you remember the first thing you heard? Yeah. It was a, a, a record called Reggae in Your Jeggy. Do you remember who it was by? Pluto. It was a nice welcome. We, we're, we're fans of Kershaw. Yep. We like it when Kershaw turns up. Mm. I thought it was very cruel to do the interview in a hotel divan, given Kershaw's um, history yeah. with the problem with the demon the drink. Do you know what he was drinking, though? Coffee. The they end. were drinking red, red wine. Red, red wine. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, they didn't have the food because apparently there's a rat in the kitchen. <laughs> what am I going to do? <laughs> they, I did notice if you are end. a lawyer for Hotel Devan, we'd like to point out that Mark that is Hayne a UB40 that. song and there's probably not a rat Look, in your it, kitchen. It might be like Ratatouille. The, 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 the rat might be an excellent <laughs> chef. <laughs> we don't know. The, uh, the funny thing about that was at the end, they, they finished off in a pub. Uh, I really Again, did rub notice. it into Kershaw. They did, but there mm. were two pints in front of Astral and Ali. And when it cut to the shot of Kershaw, no drink at all. No. Sitting there. Well done, Andy Kershaw. I agree. Wasn't that a depressing little video? <laughs> yes, it but really was. what was the point of it? I don't know. It's not like UB40 are suddenly doing something. No. They, I, I got the impression it was one off the shelf again. Yeah. I think it, was, you know, it, it was to get a dig in at the end, wasn't it? It was to say, well, that other band <laughs> are called UB40, but they're, they're not yeah. called Martin's Ali. Martin's coming in. Yeah. Have we got a video of a successful band <laughs> that we can rub it in her face they some did more? A, it was they're a video not... of visiting the sort of like the classic points of UB40's history. Because they're Birmingham. so big right now. <laughs> Huge. Every, yeah. All the kids are talking about yeah. them. The d- stories they told in every location were really depressing. Really boring as So well. the first one, they were sitting in a pub which used to be an eye hospital and Ali Campbell was saying, well, it, it all started here because I got glassed and I needed 90 stitches including eight in my eye but I got four grand from the criminal compensation board and then we started the band. The second one, they took them to the old DHSS office where they used to sign on. Yeah. Mm. This was a depressing trip. Yeah. Given how the world is now, I mean, it was screaming cultural appropriation, wasn't it? Yeah. It was, oh, it was yeah. Like, I mean, it's always been a little bit of a criticism, but in the current climate where putting a Mexican hat on will get you fucking lynched by a student union, mm. I was sort of thinking, is the, what? You, you then cut to the two white guys singing reggae. Yeah. Which was, oh, that was not good. <laughs> it wasn't good well, at all. I wind up mimit. That's <laughs> all. Yeah. Yeah. It was really odd, especially because, um, sorry, I've written his name, Astro, yeah. was just sat there looking at them. Is yeah, this, he was the he's... only one not yeah. joining yeah. with the reggae. Yeah. Massively. Yeah. And then immediately after that, they, they went into this bit where they tried to explain the labyrinthine problems with UB40. So they oh, mentioned God. there yeah. isn't just one UB40. No. Now. There are two. Uh, and they said, we bill ourselves as UB40 with Ali, Astral and Mickey. And he said, there's also another UB40. And Andy Kirsch had to go, well, they're both playing the hits <laughs> as they go around this tawdry circuit that's left to them after this complex legal battle. Uh, it was just the whole thing. Can was anybody so get me a fucking drink? Couldn't they have called the other band like P45 or something? <laughs> just <laughs> keep on brand but be different. Yeah, or you be the other lot. Yeah. <laughs> you be culturally appropriating the reggae. Also, Ast- is it Ash? I think it's if you Astral. Like. He only said I'm about, going to call him AstroTurf. AstroTurf. He says about four things. Yeah. And it's Ali just constantly talking. Well, that's the, how the band works. It's just it's Ali, true, isn't it? Yeah. Maybe he was a yeah. saxophone player or something. Yeah, well, I mean, constantly it, got a sax in his this mouth. I've never liked you before. No, no, no one no, likes no, you before. Has anyone, no. has anyone? If the specials were terrible, <laughs> then you know, they'd be you <laughs> before. Mm. Yeah. Uh, what else was in this episode? There was a um, film uh, where uh, Ruth Goodman had been to a, a remarkable screening of Lost Wartime Messages. Mm. Oh. Now, this is another one show. It's catnip, this stuff to the one show, isn't yeah. it? It's, they, love a, they love a film about things in the sea, as we know. <laughs> yeah. They like a bit of countryside, but they do love a Lost Wartime Message. Calling oh, yeah. Blighty. Uh, things set up by, oh, I can't remember part of the government, where they got people from various areas, yeah. and a lot of sort of, obviously, World War Two units were done on area, where they'd get people together from, like, the Wirral or Manchester to send a message to their loved ones, which would then be put on a special cinema screening yes. back home. So what was funny about these is the ones that, that I enjoyed were essentially... 
booty calls by the yep. dead. <laughs> yep. It was Why like going. Call it that. It was like going. Hi, Timmy. I'm, I hope you're looking forward to Christmas. Uh, Doreen, I can't wait to get home and bang your fucking jaws off. <laughs> there are hundreds of clips detailing living conditions and references to family. I want you to take care of Mummy while I'm away, you know. And if you're a good boy, I'll see what I can do for a little sister for you. Keep the bed warm till I come home, and then we'll get up downstairs. Well, we're, we're managing to keep Hitler away, but I will not keep away from your underpants when I get back, darling. It was all really gross and horrible. Honestly, yeah. I'm uh, in a trench, but I'd like to be in yours. <laughs> and one of one of the children mentioned in that had to watch it, and he must have been sitting there going, God, Dab's a fucking pervert. <laughs> I, you know, I've seen some horrible things, love. But when I come back, I'm going to do horrible things to you. I'm going to give you a right blitzkrieg. <laughs> this stuff was dumped off at an archive in the Wirral. And the Wirral archivist has gone through it. The gone, Northwest it Archives. Nice? Right. Wouldn't yeah. it be nice to find out who these people were? Mm. If we can put a name to them, then we know. And what had happened was, I think everyone who they'd managed to put a name to was dead. There yeah. was no one who, who then came out and went, oh, yes, I remember sending that sex text <laughs> from, from Malai. Um, I'm not even sure that's a place. Uh, is it Malay? I don't know. Malay, again, that's all sexy. <laughs> I'm in Malay, and when I come back, I'm going to lay you. <laughs> it must have been the one day they didn't have the bromide in their tea. <laughs> Fucking enlarged scrotums. They managed to track down one guy, and they, they, they identified him, and he's passed away. And they talked to his widow. She said, well, he'd be sorry he wasn't here to see this. And I thought, well, of course he would, because if he was here, it would mean he wasn't dead. <laughs> Can we talk uh, a little bit about the football team that were in the studio? The manager and fans, not the team, I beg your pardon. Uh-huh. So Martin McCutcheon's film is called The Bromley Boys. Yeah. That's right, yeah. Straight to DVD. Get no keen to point that uh, out. Hey, let's... It's not successful, Martin. It's gone straight to DVD. Tell us about it. Let, let's not also miss the point that it was written by her husband's cousin. Yeah, yeah that's right. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. She, oh, he sent it to me to read, and I thought, I've got to do this. No, you... I mean, you have got to. I mean, you, you also, really have got to. Also, got to put food shut on the up, table. Martin. What was Alan Davis like? <laughs> uh, because it's called Bromley Boys, and it's about mm. the football team in the 1960s, I think. Yeah. Uh, I'm not yes. a football person, but they, were, they weren't very good, I'm led to believe. Yeah, it's, it's a coming-of-age film. Yeah. I, uh, basically, I was thinking, this is like... Do you remember the film Submarine? Yes. Richard, Richard, Richard Aoardi yeah. did. I think this is like Submarine for people who would punch people with glasses. So I think that's the, yeah, the, the general the feel. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's, they got Bromley's, the current Bromley... Bromley, Bromley FC. Yeah, they got the manager in the studio along with some Bromley fans. So obviously in a production meeting, someone had got, it's, it's about the Bromley football team. What if we get someone from the Bromley football team? Oh, get the manager. Okay. Anyway, it turns out that they did come into the one show to sort of, you know, Stand there, mm. and but they should have been at a, a FA Cup round draw, draw or something, yeah. Yeah. which was happening live as the one show was on. Mm-hmm. So they they mentioned that, and then uh, Angela said, "Oh, we've got a bit of a result for you." And then she she obviously got in her ear. The draws just happened. They're not, they're not at the draw. They're here, but we can tell them who they're going to be playing. So she sort of said, "We've just heard Peterborough United is who you're going to be playing," hey. and to a man. Because they were all men. Mm. To a man in the studio, they all went, Home or away! And she went, What? I don't know. <laughs> uh, right, what else? What other episodes did we stare at uh, this week? Uh, John Rain. Well, we had to skip to Wednesday. No, no one show on Tuesday because the Invictus Games. Uh, was there any. I didn't watch that. Is there any sign of Alex just hanging around in the background? Uh, yeah, well, we started off Wednesday hearing about the Matt. Obviously, he isn't here again because he's preparing for Team Rickshaw. And I hate the word Rickshaw now. Oh. Mm, I, hate I, hate sure. I hate the idea of this team make sure it's the bit we always talk about bits you zoned out of this yeah. week every single film about yeah. I mean all for a good cause mm-hmm. the kids are brilliant they're very interested in it you know they're dead keen to do it there are films about their lives brilliant no just zoned yeah. out there were a lot of uh, films that, that I am totally for which is young people saying this is how my life has gone and other people saying I'm you know in Tower Hamlets and I fostered loads of kids and it's really important we get more foster parents. Yeah. Every single one of them maybe want to cut my own head off. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. Awful. Which means you could join Team Rickshaw, right? <laughs> <laughs> but we had Paloma Faith as the guest. Oh, yes. Let's talk about Paloma Faith. Oh, I thought and it was her... Vera Lynn. <laughs> and her drizzle cake. Oh. That's just a rumor. She met well, she was supporting Prince. Yeah. And she found out about Prince 
when she was on the phone standing on a chair in the Starkers. <laughs> yeah. She was quite keen to tell that story, wasn't she? Well, Emma Fade likes to do a bit of, oh, I was nude, and it's a certain amount of titillation. I actually know someone who worked with her very early on in her career when she was a life model for artists. Oh. And he said, every time I'd go in there, my heart would sink when I saw it was Paloma Faith was the life model. She never stopped talking, and she never stayed still. She was a terrible life model. So he'd be trying to draw her, and she'd be going, Ow! Ah! Can you see me ass? Oh! <laughs> Stay still, woman. It wasn't like this when I was a child in Victorian London. <laughs> yeah, well, she, she, made, she said something that jumped out at me, because I thought it was a bit, you know, big-headed. Mm. She said, I'm so punctual... Most pop stars aren't. Yes, she did. Yes, she did. I am a pop star. True. Not just a performer, I'm a pop star. <laughs> yeah. This Now, was it just me? Let's let's just play a little clip of Paloma Faith on The One Show. Um, now, Paloma Faith, let's talk about your album, The Architects, the Zeitgeist edition. Yeah. Um, now, not many people would choose a song that is inspired by Brexit um, to sell loads of records. But you, you chose that, didn't you? You actually made that decision. <laughs> I did. <laughs> Tell us a bit about that, the inspiration. But, but... Right, now, is it just me, or did this entire episode sound like it had a pre-recorded canned laughter track? Ooh, did you notice this? I did that after, yeah. but, that... It was, but it wasn't like the normal studio laugh. It was proper canned laughter sounding. I, it was weird. I think it might be her management. Yeah. And I can't imagine she'd turn up on her own. I think there'd be quite a few people there. I thought she was actually really funny on this. Yeah. She was She was a great guest. Her stories, uh, you know, I'm not going to criticise her stories. I didn't think her stories were very good. No. But she told them really well, and she was doing the sort of perfect job. She was on for a long time. She was. It was basically just about her, wasn't it? They gave yeah. her sort of like 12, 13 minutes. Yeah. yeah. So we started with the lemon drizzle cake because she got some from Prince, which I, I liked as a fact. I thought yeah. that is a good, solid one show, things we learn. I didn't know previous to watching this that Paloma Faith sat down and was served lemon drizzle cake by Prince. I would say, if I was Paloma, I'd be a bit annoyed because famously, when you work with Prince, he shags you. <laughs> and if you work with Prince and he goes, oh, here we are, um, you want some cake? <laughs> um, then maybe things aren't going as well as you hoped. He might have just why had you, a wank. Why are you... <laughs> <laughs> um, but the, the 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 show as a whole had a, a kind of a weird. There was a this was the one show does Brexit, yeah. which I don't yeah. think they've done before. A no. Brexit for, Brexit explained and perhaps solved by the one show. So there was a there was a, an excellent part in this. Uh, I mean, I'm glad that the one show weighed into the debate. Obviously, about time. Yeah, the voice of last a voice of reason. Yeah, uh, Paloma did as well on her album. She says, "Yeah, yeah she's written true. a song about Brexit." So yeah. they were able to. to I tie mean, if it nothing in. else, we can agree that Brexit was a mistake for that reason. <laughs> <laughs> but they, they, there was an excellent bit in the Brexit film where they talked about it was all about the Northern Ireland border. That was what mm. they were talking about. And a farmer stood by a gate yeah. and talked about how that gate was on the border and what mm. are they going to do? Go back thirty years, back to the troubles, and all the stuff we know about. As he said, back thirty years ago, they were unable to maintain a border between the two islands. Yeah, how is it going to change now? It's yeah. Pacoon. Spike Milligan book. Yeah, yeah. All is about that what it's about? It's all about trying to find out where the border is, yeah. The, um, Sorry, oh, God, we're doing a book podcast now as well. <laughs> um, but it was a moment they talked about the border and then they, they, they said, the problem is it would disrupt the flow. And I thought, that's the one show's raison d'etre. <laughs> During both interviews, they'll just come out, stop film, uh, move to are that. You, are you suggesting that? the solution is not to have a border, but to have a constantly running 24-7 one show between the two islands? That's exactly what I'm saying. <laughs> If you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural-looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volux XC is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural-looking results with little downtime. Even better, this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment. No maintenance required. Improve jawline definition for a smooth, sculpted look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. You should celebrate yourself every day, but some days you should celebrate with jewelry. 
Whether you want to commemorate an unforgettable moment or just bring some added sparkle to your collection, Blue Nile can offer you expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com today and experience the ease and convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. There was also a non-handbrake of the week here because they were talking to Paloma and then he just went, anyway, in Ireland, and started talking about farmers. And I thought you'd made no attempt to link the two. I mean, as it turned out, they were linked because of Brexit. But he didn't say that in his intro. Not but I'm thinking at the time, what the fuck is this going? The film ended, but they didn't reference it. Normally, no. they will back Anno a film, yeah. right? It they literally just... finished, and he went, now, Paloma, let's talk about your album. Yeah. yeah. Um, now, Paloma Faith, let's talk about your album. Do you know what I mean? There wasn't really no noticeable. end to it. Yeah. And I think that's because it's so toxic, isn't it? They can't sort of go, can't well, have an opinion. no, yeah. let's hope that gets solved. Even yeah. that, people will go, you fucking traitorous bastard. <laughs> um, hoping it gets solved. Easy for you to say, living in Archway, that is where Ore Duba lives. <laughs> now, I mention that because he's been on Through the Keyhole. So I think it is right. in the public it's realm. The public right. it, that's how I learnt where he was living, yeah. Can I put a hand up at this point and just say, where is, where is his origins? I mean, does he, he just appeared on the one show for all I know. I, don't I know think he was from. on Casualty, and oh, then right. he became big through Strictly Come Dancing right oh where, yeah he's done oh, Radio well. 2 as well he deps on Radio 2 yeah I right. think he was a not Johnny guy. Depp's <laughs> no. no he doesn't hit Radio 2 allegedly <laughs> no he did it uh, she did a shout out to Talk Radio yes as, a, as someone who once worked there I, that's the most publicity I think it's ever had really. she, write, she said she uses his inspiration she'd write songs about Brexit homelessness yeah. and anything Julia Hartley Brewer has said <laughs> and, and here's about... my new song I'm a Nazi <laughs> And about how her and her husband aren't having sex anymore since they had a baby. Yeah. So the song at the end is like, oh, we used to make love, now we don't. And I'm thinking, if I was a husband, I'd be like, <laughs> <laughs> right about, right about flowers zeit, or something. Zeitgeist edition, what are you doing? There was, <laughs> well, turns out Samuel L. Jackson's on the album. Yeah. So, so that got a mention. It was two classic presenter questions that were clearly set up. But it was first one was, was it Griffin? Uh-huh. It was Griffin. Yeah, yeah, it was Griffin. So she said, in that leading question, you collaborated with Samuel L. Jackson. And before she could say anything... Ore Aduba just went, oh, talk about Samuel L. Jackson. <laughs> it reminds me. <laughs> the question, even, just talk about that now. The questioning techniques on The One Show remind me, I've been watching Making a Murder recently. Mm. Brendan Dassey, the way the police talk to him. Have you seen this? No. Well, they basically just the weigh leading in. Leading questions. Leading questions. That is the one show way of talking to guests. <laughs> now, you murdered him, didn't you? <laughs> That little um, Brexit film they did as well, they ended with a, a woman. Most people who were, they were truck drivers and they were all saying, someone's going to have to budge here because mm. this, this border cannot be shut. It cannot be. I did think, well, you know, you truck drivers shouldn't have voted leave then. That would have made things easier. They did speak to a Romanian. They did, yeah. Not yeah. a Romanian. Nice. That was good, wasn't it? That's yeah, the sort that of very thing. Good, actually. I should, I should 100% be on Newsnight. I'm the, one, <laughs> I'm the one show. You could write all these fucking links that don't work. <laughs> but they spoke to a lady who ran a hardware shop. And she was the one person they spoke to who basically said, this shop has been bombed five times. This is not going to be as bad as that. And I was thinking, it's difficult when you sort of go, this is not going to be as bad as being bombed five times. You know, it seems like a high benchmark to cross. She was pro-Theresa May. And so she said... To be honest, I think if Theresa May has 95% of it sorted out, the other five will be sorted. She'll come through. She's left alone. Um, it's slightly irresponsible to do stuff on Brexit where you just go, everyone's opinion is valid. Yeah, you it know. was, but it was odd for the one shot. I just couldn't understand why they'd gone into the whole debate. It was a. Do they want to be on the pulse of what the nation's talking about? Well, that's what they say. Yeah. Well, I think they do because they later on followed it up with Alex Riley about buttons. <laughs> 
everybody is talking about buttons. Yeah. Do you know what? It wouldn't surprise me if someone said, you know, Alex Riley died in 2015. <laughs> because this film, this does not seem to be time dependent. No. At all. Did you see this one? Uh, this was on the same episode? It was. Yes. I, I stopped watching it during the Rickshaw Kids story. It was story. just after that. I zoned out, so yeah. I'm afraid I missed the button. John, you missed a classic. Oh, my God. Have you ever wondered if pressing the button on the road crossing works? It's called a placebo button. I know about this. Some of them do work. So right. some of them on normal roads, yeah. you do press and they'll let you across. Yeah. Other ones at traffic junctions don't work. Yeah, placebo. Yeah. I have told you that in 25 seconds. That's right. If you want but- to see Alex Riley telling you that over seven and a half minutes, then Wednesday's show is the one to watch. <laughs> wow. Can I just tell you, not only did he time it, over various uh, sequences. Yeah. He also then ended up speaking to a psychologist. <laughs> yes, he did. <laughs> uh, who told him, yeah, some people need the comfort of, as you say, placebo buttons. But in this instance, he was able to say, no, the buttons work. He said a line in this oh that I God. think is the worst line I've ever heard on television. And this will sum up the excitement that you get from knowing this item aired. So, if there's complicated traffic, sometimes the lights are automated to synchronise signals for both pedestrians and road users. But it's probably worth pushing the button just in case. Just in case. (laughs) (laughs) Tube buttons don't work. In the UK, the door close buttons on lifts does work. In the US, it doesn't. And I found out through watching this bit that there is a button that does work. That's the off button on my telly. Yeah, exactly. Oh, zing. <laughs> Take that, Alex Riley. And he looks like Sid Little. <laughs> he does. Can't get away from that. This reminded just hearing you talk about that, reminded me of the other this week's long, long, long film where they set fire to some children's Halloween dresses. <laughs> what? Missed this. this. So this was Dom Littlewood. Oh, no, well, let's go back. There was a, a proper joke on Thursday's show. Yes. On the couch, Sue Perkins, Reese Shearsmith, Steve Pemberton. Yes. Right. Good lineup. I, Excellent mm, lineup. I purposely didn't watch that one because I thought it might be quite good. It was very it good. It was good. They apart- were good. They no, were good. I Sue was sorry. particularly good. I felt sorry for Reese Shearsmith. I love Reese Shearsmith. He's listening to this. I love you. I think you're amazing. But I just didn't feel like he felt comfortable at any moment at all. No, he didn't look good. Being there. Pemberton looked all right. Perkins yeah. was in her element. But yeah. Reece Shearsmith looked... Every time they, they kind of threw something at Shearsmith, he was a bit like, I don't really want to be here. Ore and Gabby Logan were uh, uh, mm. our B team. And they started off with an actual joke, which was, well, we're days away from the scariest, scariest time, scariest moment of the year. <laughs> Two days after the budget, it's Halloween. In front of Sue Perkins and the League of Gentlemen. (laughs) (laughs) Then, okay, Dom Littlewood. Right, so Mm. they said Halloween's coming up. We've Um, painted Dom Littlewood green. (laughs) We're going to put him in your kid's bedroom. The haunted testicle Dom Littlewood. (laughs) He's got a face like a pumpkin. (laughs) E.T.'s ball bag. (laughs) He was going on about... um, So four years ago, he said, with one show told you how flammable... Halloween costume dresses are. Yeah. And they had a little clip of a, of a dress hanging up <laughs> and them setting light to it. Claudia Winkleman's child. Do you remember this? Yeah. It's yeah. absolutely horrible. Yeah. yeah. Right. So I couldn't, but I was trying to remember the timeline. I don't know whether it was because of that or around the time. Anyway, they said, do you remember? We set fire to all of these dresses and then we timed how long it went for them to go up. And we go, yeah, yeah. We, okay. Yeah. We remember that. Yeah. Fine. Okay. Good. So they just did it again. Oh, the same film. Amazing. He said, and then rules have come in that say they have to be more, more flameproof, but they're voluntary rules. So let's find out which outlet has volunteered to have their dresses made <laughs> fireproof. So they just set fire to their dresses again. For ages. The best bit was when they had a werewolf mask, they literally put a blowtorch to it, and I thought, when's that going to happen? If that happens, it's murder. It's not anything to do with Tesco. <laughs> Tesco got angry, though, during they did, the show. They did. Didn't they? They didn't mention them. But they went through all the major supermarkets. Mm. And they Why? Bought... Our costumes are the most flammable <laughs> of all. We've murdered hundreds of children. If Tesco's always are listening, yeah. it's a rat in a kitchen. <laughs> it made me think, you know your theory about how there's films that sit on shelves for ages, mm, yeah. right? This is obviously for Halloween, but what year, we don't know. Because they say that the costumes were tested by witch, right? And I thought, there's a joke there. There's, there's an open goal of saying, not that kind of witch, yeah. but witch. And they didn't do it. No. I thought, Dom Littlewood has no awareness. They were happy no with awareness. their budget slash Halloween opener, but that was it. The humour's gone now. We're not doing a witch-witch joke. It's an open goal. But they, they set fire to these dresses. But, you know, like, again, 
when you buy a dress for your or a costume for your child, mm. have a look for the label that says it's you know falls within these guidelines. Slave voluntary yeah. guidelines. See, I've just told you that. Yeah. <laughs> <Right>? Seven minutes. <laughs> Plus, when he went back to the studio, Dom's in the studio. He just said it all again. Yeah. He sat in the studio and repeated the entire thing. They again. did that with the foster parent piece by Martin Bashir. They did. That was seven minutes, and then they were sitting on the fucking couch yeah. to say the same thing again. It, oh. What's happened this week? Are a load of researchers on holiday? Have they not booked things in? Crazy. Bashir looked like a low-level mob enforcer as well. <laughs> he did. He had like a pinstripe jacket on with a black roll neck. It's impossible to not think, if you were Martin Bashir's agent, that you might have done quite a bad job over the last seven years. It was weird to see him just being a contributor to the one show. He yeah. has he... killed Michael Jackson and <laughs> yeah. Princess Diana. Yes. So I wouldn't mess with him. That's all I'm saying. Michael Jackson getting more mentions in this podcast. Yeah. Than uh, there is, uh, I mean, who'd have thought? But, <laughs> but I'm happy because it's very safe legal ground. It certainly is. What's a call of a moonwalking paedophile? Yeah, you yeah. don't even have to say moonwalking. That's true. <laughs> I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go home, get my copy of Moonwalker and change the title to Moonwalking. I See if Dom Littlewood will set it on fire. I kept thinking Pemberton and Shearsmith, because you know they, they, they're sponges for people's personalities. They must have been looking at Littlewood and thinking... There's gold there, yeah. sure, because he is a, just a fucking joke. I could, I could see Pemberton doing Littlewood, or, yeah. or, or, yeah. or a, grote- a grotesque, a grotesque. Yeah. For years, I'd been told that uh, Dom Littlewood had a conviction for burglary. Oh god, but this is not true. Oh. Was it Operation Bumblebee? <laughs> John and I had a drink last night, and we we reminisced about the glory days of Operation Bumblebee, which was where the police, for some reason, they made a thing of going, "We're now coming after burglars." Have you not done this before? <laughs> Um, if anyone is out there and owns a t-shirt company please make me an Operation Bumblebee t-shirt the the anecdote from Steve Pemberton about they tried to set him up for a one show style anecdote they were cruel though they said you've got 30 seconds Exactly that. Fuck off. They were talking about Sue Perkins has written a, book, a travel book, you yeah. know, and she did some films around the world and all this kind of stuff. So she's talking very, Sue, brilliant. You know, yeah. she's great. She was funny. I, I, I'll always she's say playing that there, the one there, show game. There are certain people who are absolutely guaranteed to be copper bottomed gold. Yeah. That's a lot of metals. But Sue Perkins is one of those people, if you were doing a show like that, yeah. you will be thankful that she is on. She is yeah. such a. Such good value on those shows. And then they said to Steve Pemberton, "So you were you went to Bangkok once, and you you were homeless." Uh, uh, and he went, oh. and then he went, "You got thirty seconds." Jesus <laughs> Christ! At his face. And then he, he had to tell this, which wasn't even an anecdote worth no. telling. He went to the airport. He he forgot to confirm his flight. Mm. Went to the airport. Couldn't get on his flight. So spent two extra days in Bangkok. Jesus, that Christ. was it. But after that was the best link in history. I think someone who could have a few travelling tales if he could talk. And I thought... Who? So that was exactly what they said. Is it Morph? Well, this is it. And I thought... And then it just cut to a film about an army veteran. And I was going... So he's had terrible facial disfigurement yeah. injury in the war. Western. And he can't talk. So your intro... That's how they build him in. No, well, no, 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 oh, no, 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 no. It gets better. Your intro was... And now someone who had plenty of tales to tell if he could talk. And then we get, what, two minute and a half yeah, of a an army guy? Yeah. And you're thinking... um, that wasn't a very appropriate introduction. Mm. And then it turns out it's a film about a dog. <laughs> what? A bomb dog. Uh, Called Oscar. Uh, <laughs> it's not the man who couldn't talk. It's the dog. Oh, this is one of the things that makes sense if you know what that film's about. But a link like that but that comes didn't. out of nowhere, yeah. that just strands you. That totally was... abandons you. And it didn't explain it at the beginning at all. And that what we have learned is that Oscar the dog was a bomb sniffer dog. 14 years old. Yeah. Mm. And, and a man called Simon from Wales, who used to work with him years ago, like in Afghanistan or somewhere, wanted to track him down again. Oh, my fucking Lord. <laughs> so they... Want to track down a dog? So... Mate, there's loads of dogs. <laughs> there's, there's, I mean, they're, they're just fucking dogs, mate. There's only one Oscar. 14 years old. I mean, there's they're also... going to have to be training a new one fairly soon. <laughs> we also heard about Boss, who got his leg blown off by a suicide bomber. <laughs> yeah. Another dog <laughs> was the suicide bomber a different dog? It was like Lady in the Tramp. They were getting the same meatball and then it exploded. Instead of like spaghetti, it's just a weird red wire. <laughs> <laughs> it was, it, but then we 
so we, we saw the three-legged dog, but he was fine. fine. And then but Oscar's running around, and then he's been trying to trace Oscar, but the paperwork had gone missing for Oscar. Oh, the paperwork hadn't gone missing. As soon as he rang, they went, we'll have a look in it, and they hang up and they go, it's him again. He yeah. wants to track down this dog. What does he want to do? Marry it? So they gave him... Do you want the three-legged one? We've got that. So they get the, the, But they reunited him with the dog, yeah. and it was great. The dog had to... They showed the plane arriving, British Airways flight, so the, the, the dog was retiring from bomb sniffing and going to live with Simon, whether he liked it or not. And they, they, and they brought him out for one last job. <laughs> it's his daughter's graduation from Barbara Woodhouse's training college. <laughs> Hopefully nothing will go wrong. They brought, him, they brought him out of the quarantine from the plane. And then Simon was sitting in the waiting area. And he, and he, and he was like... <gasps> Oh, Oscar sort of ran over and he goes, Oh, but Oscar, Oscar, do you recognise me or not? No. <laughs> Honestly, Oscar didn't give a dog shit. The funniest right? thing about this is any dog, dog that you go, Hello, <laughs> it goes, oh, yeah, exactly. Hello. <laughs> That's what happened. Sorry. He doesn't know who you are. You spent all this time. We have to say at this point that Oscar had pet TSD. <laughs> <laughs> and then, and then, the last sequence of the film, right? Bear in mind, we've just seen Suicide Bomb Dog, right? The last, who was it? Carrie Thingy, who was presented, it, just went. Well, there's just one more leg of the journey to go. <laughs> no, no, no. I, no, thought, no. I thought of a very good joke. Everyone, <laughs> did the dog suffer from PDSA? That's an animal charity. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, then! I thought you can't get any worse than the, than the uh, last leg of the journey to a three-legged dog and his mate. They then came back to the studio where there's a shot of Oscar eating roast dinner out of a dog. Oh, someone's doing well. <laughs> and and he's, 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 he's settled now with Simon, Oscar is, uh, and he's enjoying Simon's roast dinner. It's to die for. Oh, my God. I'm sad I missed that because oh, it God. sounds oh. absolute car crashing <laughs> shit. And then they had to go, they, they did all that, and then they had to turn to camera and go, now, Tesco have been in touch about the dresses. <laughs> that was the bit where Tesco had watched this. Yeah. And then they'd been on the phone. So, Apologise to Tesco for not saying their dresses blow up. Like, oh. sniff the, oh, Oscar, sniff the dress. Also, stop blowtorching people in the face with werewolf masks. Oh, Tesco God. said that as well. They continually, over the last three weeks, every time they've, they've done a piece, they've said, well, we reached out to Chris manufacturers recently. We reached out to recycling depots. And they all just don't want anything to do with it. Yeah. So well done on Tesco for jumping on that, a thing that they were not involved in. <laughs> you know, that's the only people who have spoken to the one show in about three months. And I'm afraid after that was another Rickshaw Challenge film, so I zoned yeah. out. Oh, yeah. God. Uh, they, uh, uh, that really is it really is the worst thing they've ever done on the one show yeah the problem is it's just not entertaining no it's and we've got really weeks dull. of this to come yeah. all the way up to children in need yeah this is this is the royal wedding all over again yeah any other business Friday which you guys didn't watch go on there was well nothing happened in it but at, <laughs> the, enough, at the end there was like a five minute sequence about Joe's Diner which is a roadside cafe and it was basically just an advert for it how strange like literally there was no point to it it was just them saying, oh, we've got this really nice diner and people like coming here. They interviewed all the people that had eaten there. And they were going, food's really nice. They did that once before with a, a cafe on a road in... Yeah, We talked about it. It was about a cafe that a load of Chinese uh, tourists it. went yeah, to. that's right. And there was nothing really behind it other than no. the fact they were going, and you can have our delicious food starting at only £3. It was yeah. literally that. Yeah. And they also got Bryn Turfer. Who's Bryn an Turfel. Op- Turfel, sorry. Yeah, my own writing's let me down. To phone in a Chinese takeaway. The classic. Oh, oh I was uh, an Indian takeaway, but he was doing it in an operatic voice. So like, I would like chicken tikka masala. <laughs> and the guy on the other end of the phone just goes, okay. Yep, exactly yep. that. They, yep. they yep. never, yep. It, it's, a, it's prank calling. It's the BBC doing prank calls. Yeah. It, I mean, it's only going to be a matter of time before someone says, can you slip in every third word, the word shithead? Mm. <laughs> can I, shithead, have a, a portion shithead of... <laughs> that's the way it's going. The other uh, long-running feature that they do is, you know, you know who, who you, you are. are. Yeah. There was one of these it this week. It sounds so ominous. You know who you are. <laughs> the, the, um, it was that Operation Bumblebee's tagline. <laughs> <laughs> the, uh, this one was a, a lady who suffered from epilepsy and she just wanted to essentially thank everyone who over the years 
has helped her when she's had a fall in public. Yes. And they went, you know who you are. Yeah. Mm. Um, I'm not sure people know who they are. No. That's, uh, it <laughs> no. just seemed very That's generic. too broad. They also didn't have any applause at the end of it, which no. they normally do. And I think they're losing a lot of faith in that feature. I agree Rightly, with you. Quite yeah. right. Because nobody's work. writing in for it. So, no. I mean, the, the epilepsy woman, poor woman, but it did feel like they were clutching at straws. It yeah. did. Uh, the only thing I noticed this week, which is not talked about yet, is they had a classic bit of forecourt action where Paloma Faith, yes. who had spent 11 minutes plugging her album, The Architect Zeitgeist Edition. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I literally woke up that night with that swimming around my head going, what are these words in my... Architect Zeitgeist? Um, older than you claim. Um, she did a, a, a piece where, where she was performing in the forecourt and it was a classic where they'd managed to fill out the surrounding area with people apart from the back where you could see there was no one at the back and they had that fantastic thing where people who were going home would be walking past quickly. So you'd go, oh, it looks really... Oh, no, there's just one man in the distance running past, not even looking. Oh, and there's someone going the other way. A really, really bad bit of set blocking. Also, when she does her resting voice when she's singing, it really sounds like Eartha Kitt eating a Twix. (laughs) (laughs) And then she, you know, busts out. And on that note... I think we bring it to a close. John Rain, thank you very much. Oh, thank you. It was a pleasure. Mark Haynes, as ever, thank you very much. Thanks, John. Rate and review, of course, if you like the The One Show show. Uh, we'd like to tell other people about it, because that's, that's our marketing budget. Yeah, if you don't like it, keep your fucking opinion to yourself. <laughs> <laughs> Five stars is all we want. Yeah. Mm. Anything less than that, don't bother. Yeah, as far as we're concerned, four through one do not exist. Exactly yeah. right. Um, but if you have a moment to review and comment, then please do. And whatever you do, remember this. When you look at the television to look at the one show, the one show also looks back into you. Goodbye. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.